Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. We have with us Rabbi Maimon Alba Shlita. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi. How are you? Shalom Aleichem. Wonderful. I want to wish you Hatzacha and your wonderful work for Klai Yisrael through Chazak. Amazing. Thank you, Rabbi Abbas, for all your amazing work that you do for Klai Yisrael with Jewish people. And I'm really excited about the, uh, very, very excited about the topic, a uh, topic that we haven't done yet on Torah Talks which is Safrut, uh, which is the holy writings of Torah and Sidin and Mezuzot. And uh, before we jump into the topic, we get a little bit of a background of the great work of the rabbi and the books and Torah shows, etc. So basically, I, I just uh, feel there's a need to fill the void. We tell our children, don't watch television because of the bad influence in it. So something inside me always says, so then provide something else for the children. So that's what Torah shows is. We try to make slide presentations, game shows, educational fun that we could give them instead of them having to look elsewhere from a non-kosher source. Amazing. So that's uh, Torah shows in Abu Dhanit and the rabbi has a few books that have been published. And the, yeah, they're actually one. questions questions and riddles on Kumash and on Avi. Of course, not the whole Avi, the, <laughs> the beginning. And uh, we're going to print uh, any day now a book about Sefer Torah, which will be today's talk. Yes, amazing. Okay. So we know there is a mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah. It's actually yeah. the last mitzvah of the Torah. So is it for all, or is it only for those that are able to afford it? And we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Right. So so if you wanted to get a price tag today on a Sefer Torah, I'm not talking about an eBay Sefer Torah. We'll get into that later. But yeah. if it's an authentic scribe, God-fearing Jew, that takes him approximately one year to write. So you're talking that uh, Sephardi Sefer Torah would run about $40,000 and Ashkenaz Sefer Torah would be about double that. And the reason there's such a, a difference in price, even though it's the same same words, is because the Sephardi uh, Ketav, the script, is called Velish. And Velish is straight strokes. And the Ketav that Ashkenazim use which is called the uh, Ketav Beit Yosef, according to the Baruch Shamar, which means the Beit Yosef quoted an Ashkenaz rabbi when he when he cited it in the Beit Yosef. So that that Ketav has a lot of twirls to it, which will take us so far almost double the time to complete the same page. So that's why an Ashkenaz Sefer Torah more. Now, the rabbis tell us you're not required to give up all your money for a mitzvah of the Torah. Which means if I don't have a dollar in my pocket, I am technically pador from a mezuzah on my door. Now, a tefillin I could just borrow from my friend in shul. I can't exactly borrow a mezuzah from Rabbi Meirov and say I'll bring it back later for what we'll share it. Doesn't work. Now, Rabbi Schwab explains that since the cost of a Sefer Torah is out of the standard family, the simple family's budget, we're talking about middle class and low class Jews, not people that are filthy rich. Obviously, they should make many uh, contributions to Chazak and Torah anytime and the local synagogue and the local yeshiva, etc. But we're talking about the average family that I would say just pays their bills if they're lucky and they pay them on time. So such a family does not have the luxury unless they're good at savings and save up tons of money over the years. It's just not happening. So our rabbis tell us, believe it or not, that when you buy a set of Mishnayot, you buy a Torah Shulchan Aruch, you buy a Rambam, you buy a Tanakh, you get, a, 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 we'll call it a virtual Kiyum Mitzvah to essay. How does that work? 
So the rush was one of the Rishonim explains that when Hashem gave you the mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah, Hashem's intention was that every Jewish home would have a Sefer Torah, which, by the way, would be gorgeous. Imagine you walk into everyone's house, you see their leichter, you see their menorah. <laughs> wow, what a beautiful Sefer Torah here. Now, that would be in a perfect world. But since nowadays we don't learn from the Sefer Torah, so when you buy the books of the Torah, says the Rosh, that is the mitzvah. So Ramosha Feinstein writes that really, if you're wealthy, you should do both. Fill your house with Sefarim, that you should study and lend to others. But at the same time, you should make a Sefer Torah. If a person's in a shoestring budget, then he should just comfort himself that even if I don't have the shilimut, the perfection that a person gets from fulfilling the mitzvah of writing a Torah, which is a thrilling mitzvah, it says when you write a Sefer Torah, it's like you'll get, you'll feel like you were at Har Sinai. Kind of hard to, to, get, to have such an experience in your life, but you'll you'll feel a tremendous high, like we do when we go to Torah. We feel very elevated, but even if um, we can't get there, some people say you can be mishtatet. You you dedicate Pasha Bereshit, I'll dedicate Pasha Noah. But Rebbeim Kenyevsky holds that that's not really going to fulfill the mitzvah, but it'll definitely be your way of so- showing Borei Olam that had I have the gelt, I would definitely do it. So when they, whenever there's a Hasidic Fedora, they they add different people writing the letters. And, uh, yeah, so there's an opinion that if you write a letter in the Torah, it's like you wrote the whole Torah that he has a source in the Gemara and the Rambam. But in in, in the real halachic uh, aspect, um, uh, there's no such thing as a Sefer Torah that shoots foot. Uh, if you want to know Mikra Din, definitely in Schar, I'll get a big Schar. As far as real Shlemut halacha lamaisa, that's not the way to go. Okay, so Rabbi Alba, the other day, not too long ago, there was an individual from the Kilas and the Shul. Oh, one second, Mirab, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. And even when you wrote the letter in the Torah, I have a secret for you. The Torah was already finished because we have a law that if the outline of an oath is there, that's the Avara letter. So when you think you filled in a letter, you're coloring, you're playing, but really technically, if you want to know, he, the Mitzvah was not already. Just by the way. I was saying that uh, in the Kila not too long ago, there was an individual that Baruch Shem Mitzchadik is growing in his Yiddish and Judaism, and he's strengthening himself, and he was telling me how uh, his, uh, his son's billion he got from eBay. And uh, how, how much did he pay from eBay? I'm curious. $400. By the way, I, I searched on eBay from his result and Tefillin just to see how ridiculous this world is, and I actually saw they were Tefillin for $199. Now, oh, let me just give you an example of that's like. Imagine I told you that um, uh, if someone, a Jew, a good Jew, needs a heart transplant. And I tell them that the doctors charge $50,000, but they, they say that you know, it has a guaranteed uh, shelf life. The guy will probably live you know, X amount of years. Now, imagine I tell you, one second, one second. On eBay, you could get a heart transplant for, for $2,000. Would you, in your right mind, jeopardize the possibility of some type of heart <laughs> valve that is um, inferior and not and not authentic to, for your life. So if that's for the physical, how much more we have to be sensitive when it comes to the eternity that we're trying to earn in Olam Abba by doing it in this world. I, want, I can tell you a secret also. The, I, I would not want to buy a car that the guy tells me that we're giving you a special deal. It's, you know, it's $20,000 car. I'm giving it to you, you know, for $1,800. Because there's got to be strings attached. No one in his right mind is going to do that. And also, don't forget, 
Rabbi um, Sharabi one time saw a beautiful um, mezuzah. And someone said, Rebbe, isn't that gorgeous? He said, it's gorgeous, but it was written by an Isha. Now, how did Rabbi Sharabi know that? I guess if you have Rocha Kodesh, you could tell that there's no radiance of Kedusha popping out of this mezuzah. Now, what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of people today that they need Parnassah so that they make tefillin or mezuzot in illegal ways. You know that, and you're not going to believe this. Even Sufik Torah, there's a, a company that takes what's called silk screen and they put like a net on the cloth and they push a rubber with the ink through the tiny microscopic holes and they claim that it's fine. I, you'll ask them that the Shem Hashem has to be written with Shem Kedushat Hashem. So they say, oh, we leave out the Shem Hashem and we spill it in. Now, in a statement Torah, you could claim to do that. But again, the Torah says the Katav, not Vishafak. And there's, there's even companies in Israel that tried to sell a mezuzot that were stamped. It was a stamp. Very nice. Very sharp. It's professionally done with the machine. Now, obviously, you could tell that something's not right here. <laughs> it doesn't look right. But the bottom line is that there have been many incidents where Tefillin and were written by Goyim, by Arabs. One time there was a guy that followed his agent because he suspected him that he was into foul play. And he actually followed him and he went into a forest. And kids said there was a, a place, a shack. And then there was a bunch of Arab ladies that were writing the parshiyot. Uh, obviously, they have good handwriting. And it sounds like easy money. So the bottom line is, unless the sofer is a Yari Shemaim, and it's Hadik, and he's a real Eolachayid, how do you know you're buying something kosher? Would you go into a store and buy meat without a heksher, but hey, it says uh, uh, Glock kosher meat, we're having a seal. You know, I hate to say it, I know a story about a friend of mine. He did Teshuvah, but at one time he was uh, off the derech. And basically, he had a deal that come to his restaurant and eat all you can eat for a very low fee. There's a Chinese restaurant and he had almost the whole city coming to him because eat all you can eat is definitely an invitation to everyone. And later on, they found out that when the customers would leave, he would take the leftover food and put it back in the pot. And if that doesn't turn on your stomach, they found out that he was getting chickens from the Goyim because it's much cheaper. So whenever something is of a low price, you have to suspect something crooked is going on. Now, let me ask you a question. How long do you think it takes to remind me to write one mezuzah? And then we'll discuss how much is my time worth. Let's go backwards. So, so if I want to do a great job, you're talking three and a half to four hours. Now, one mezuzah. One mezuzah, it's two partial. Now, tefillin is much larger than that. It's not two parshiot. It's it's eight parshiot. Now, and the making and the construction, this is intense work. So to really, and also, there's sometimes, I'll give you an example. Let's say a guy is not a Yerushalayim. So he might see that, you know, his letter is, a, he's not, doesn't fear Hashem. He's going to figure, listen, I have to make my money. I work so hard. He might take the razor blade and like scratch a letter, forming a letter because he, he, by, with the razor blade, you could actually scrape it. It'll give the appearance of the letter you're trying to create. That's a sore. You know, one time I'll tell you a great story about this. There was a family that had sickness and poverty and accidents. And Loa Lenu, like all the Klalot mentioned in the Torah, <laughs> all 98 of them. So they went to the Rebbe of Lababich, Allah Shalom, and the Rebbe told them to check the Mizuzot. When they checked the Mizuzot, it was fine. 
So they didn't know what to do. So they went to a different software. Maybe the other software, I don't know, I didn't catch it. And you'd be surprised, even today, when they have computer checks, even the computers are not reliable. Someone just showed me a mezuzah that was computer checked. I mean, that's the feeling. It says, Vaya et shemua tishmu. And the computer said that it's fine. Et shemua, im shemua. Computer. It was looking at space, size. It wasn't looking at detail. The bottom line is that they went to a second software and he said, I don't see a mistake. Now, they were embarrassed to go back to their, their rabbi and say, uh, uh, they said it's fine. So they went to Rabbi Vosner in Israel in Bnei Brak, who has the Mishmer Stam, which is an organization that's really like the FBI investigating who's really a legitimate software scribe and not just some guy that has neat handwriting and he never passed uh, the rigid t- test. It's, a hundred, it's uh, hundreds of questions that you have to answer and they're not simple questions at all. So anyway, the rabbi said, call me the software. So luckily they found him, they traced him down and you know what happened? He says, Rabbi, what's wrong? He says, well, your mitzvot aren't bringing protection to this home. They're seeming to have every problem that a problem that, that could arise. And they said, well, I, I go to the mikveh even before I write the names of Hashem. You know how holy that is? So the rabbi says, what? When you're doing the mitzvot, every time you write the name of Hashem, you run to the mikveh? He goes, no. I, I write the mitzvot and I leave out the shemot. And then I go to the mikveh and then I write the shemot. Now, anyone who knows anything knows you can't do that by mitzvot and tefillin. There's the Isor Shalom Kisidran. You're not allowed to write it out of order. Each letter has to be perfect before you move on to the next letter. So here was a guy who, who was in the business selling beautiful kitab. I'm sure he got compliments. I'm sure people said, ooh, ah, when they saw his font, the, the script. But hello, there's so much more to the halachot. So that's why anyone who's going to get a, uh, uh, something from eBay, uh, they sell Mrs. Oak for $39. What? So you said, you think that the guy's going to do a mudar job without looking for kulot that are really asur, uh, forbidden. He, he's going to tell you, you're not going to know the difference when you look at it, but he knows how many times he made a mistake. He went back, he fixed a letter, it's posul. Oh, he forgot a letter, he scratches, sticks it back in. These are things that the naked eye wouldn't recognize, but anyone who, who's a God-fearing person knows, no, you don't sell him this is that you worked out for four hours for, for $40. You know, the, the cloth and the ink and that alone is already 10000 So what, you want me to get paid for $9 less than minimum wage? So I always say, whatever you pay for a suit, that's what you pay for a mezuzah. You pay $20 for a suit, then that's what you should pay for your mezuzah. Um, if you're paying less, uh, let's say you get a deal. Someone says, I'm giving you a mezuzah, $100. I don't care if he looks like a holy rabbi. If if he's selling you a mezuzah that cheap, do yourself a favor and take it not to your doorpost, but it's a different sofer, and especially if he's a magia. Magia is a higher caliber sofer. Just like a mechanic is not the same as the driver, a mechanic understands cars. The driver just knows how to move a car, but a mechanic understands what's happening. So if you go to a sofer who's a magia, that means he's, he's extraordinary. And by the way, in America today, they say there's approximately 400 sofrim. In Israel, they say there's about 10,000 sofrim. And Magias, there's maybe, um, I heard a quote of 30 Magias. It's a very rare thing. It's a mechanic. He has to know when, when are you allowed to fix it, not allowed to fix it. So the bottom line is um, a lot of people today are writing mezuzot and they're not certified. They never got smicha. So it's really ridiculous to buy from them. Just like you wouldn't go on a road 
with people who don't have a license from the DMV. Wow. Rabbi, uh, the question I always ask is how often and uh, when is one required to check their tefillin or check them as a result? Um, okay, so there are different opinions on this. So let's start from back in history. Originally, the reason why you had to check a mezuzah once every seven years or twice every seven years was because, actually, tefillin was once every seven years, mezuzah was once every three and a half years. The reason they did that was because mezuzah tended to get moldy, and today we claim that our cases are much better. They, they're not going to get you know dirt in there, and they're, they're vacuum-packed, or whatever you're going to tell me. So that's why some people today became lenient. Why do I have to check it? Another reason Chazal said to check it is to make sure it wasn't stolen. There have been many incidents that people like hit the mezuzah on the wall, and how did they know it wasn't stolen? Um, and believe it or not, there have been places where people stole the mezuzahs, not because of the content, just because they liked the attractive case. But anyway, so today people some want to reason that maybe we don't have to check as much as the olden days. But the fact is we don't have the right to change something that the Chachamim uh, instituted years ago. We, we don't have the caliber to change a minhag. If that was the minhag, and you're a, someone who wants to be an authentic Jew, not an artificial imitation Jew, then you should check your mezuzot at least every three and a half years uh, or twice in seven years. Um, if it's a mezuzah at a synagogue or something like that, does not need to be um, checked as often and as frequent. Um, tefillin should be checked again once every seven years. There are those that argue that once it has a chazakah, it's good. But since we know that people sometimes leave the tefillin in a car, which is the worst thing for the tefillin if it overheats, uh, we know it could fry an egg, it could cost a shalom, endanger a child, while that poor tefillin sitting in the, in the dashboard is is getting sunbaked. So because people do that, they they uh, test their tefillin by leaving it in the cold, frigid car or the hot car. So therefore, it's just smart to make sure that no letters are cracking, and a lot of times when people check them as a result, they're going to realize that the sofer that they counted on the first time was really a little lenient. I'll give you an example. I just checked someone's tefillin, right? So there was missing crowns on the letters bedakaya. Now, everyone knows that the letters shatnez gets have to have a triple crown. But not everyone knows that the letters bedakaya need a single crown. There was no single crowns. Um, I just checked someone else's tefillin. And I was sad to tell him that it was Pasul. And I was very sad because this was a God-fearing guy. He sits and learns the baby Spanish at 11 o'clock at night. And I took pictures of my phone and I texted it to him. And I just said, you know, take a look what is there. There was um, somehow like a splash of ink that must have gone during the writing that actually landed and caused the letter to be touching another letter. So it's not Mukaf Kavil. So at the end of the day... It pays to check just to make sure, you know, the worst nightmare a guy can have in his life is he thinks, okay, how many mitzvot did I have? Uh, well, like, at, least, at least I have one, you know, mezuzah, tefillin, and I, mezuzah, I did that pretty good. And then he finds out that that wasn't good. So if you have a mitzvah that you're doing so frequent, and every day you, you're, you're, you're multiplying your, your zchiyot, then make sure it's great. You know, I can't wait for to take down my own mezuzah. They were checked recently. But I want to check them again. I want to just take them down and check them again. Can't hurt. You know, so I tried buying a mezuzah recently for my wife's uh, work. And uh, I opened it up. The mezuzah peaked in it. And I told uh, the sofer, give me my money, my money back. This is not what I call quality. I saw issues. So it always pays to be safe. Give it to a guy. It's going to cost you. Today it costs anywhere between $12 to $20 to check one mezuzah. And like I said, if you're paying less than $100 for mezuzah, get a check. But if you're paying 150, 200, that's that's a that's a logical sum. 
There's no reason that Sophia was sitting for three hours, four hours, shouldn't get $50 an hour for his work. This is artwork, <laughs> calligraphy. 100%. Um, so how, the, the question that I'm thinking about is, uh, how does one become a Sophia? Let's just say. So, well, the truth is, the truth is, you cannot become a Sophia by just copying. You know, you would think, okay, I'll sit with the computer, I'll Google. Uh, Kitab Arizal. Okay, print it out. Sit there with my quill. Buy the 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 quill, the turkey quill. By the way, speaking of quills, a lot of suffering today use metal. You're not allowed to use iron, but many scheme hold you could use metal. So many of them take out something that looks like a pen. <laughs> so I can show it to you. But it's uh, some use ceramic. Ceramic because you never have to sharpen it ever again. Some use a uh, kaner, which is ideal. But the problem with the kanet, which is a reed, is that you have to sharpen it a lot like a pencil, and that slows you down. Um, the notza, which is the feather, is most popular. And if you have good cloth and a good notza that was sharpened the right way, which is a whole skill in itself, how to turn a quill into a writing instrument, it's a great feeling. It just feel there's a, there's a very there's a very good connection you feel when you're writing it. But what I'm trying to get at is that um, the way to become a sofer is to take a Tamil Chacham who is a Sofer and get a one-on-one -on -one training, not by just trying to say, okay, I can figure out these letters. No, no. It's not enough to figure out the letters because even in the letters, there's so many halachot. What's Likuva? What's Lechatchila? What's good with the Eved? What is the Mitzorah? There's four different um, traditions. Chabad has their tradition of how to write a letter. Arizal, which is very similar to Sephardi. And then there's Be'i Yosef. So you have to know there's four different um, uh, scripts and which one are you learning from. So there are um, there are rabbis in Israel and here in Williamsburg and in Bar Park and in Monroe, uh, not far from here, that can basically sign you up. Um, I know myself, and I spent the entire winter learning the the Shulchan Aruch, Siman Lamed Beit and Siman Lamed Vav with the Mishnah Uram Bir Halacha. That's a start. Then you have to get the Sefer Kesed Sofer. And if you really want to be uh, uh, aggressive, there's the four-volume Sefer of Rabbi Shlomo Mualem called Yiriot Shlomo. And then there's the Sefer Mikdash Shmat. These are, these are staples. If you get tested on these books, then you should be doing a great job. But like I said, it's not something that you figure, okay, I can learn Chinese and I could be a writer. No, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is something that's given over. I'm a Sorah, Ish, Mipish. And and then you'll then you'll you know start becoming a survivor, but you have to get tested. Um, the tests are available in Bar Park or in Williamsburg or in I went to Eretz Israel to the Gear Base Medish. Half of the test is in writing. You have to answer a bunch of questions. Um, half of the test is oral, and then they want to see you write. You know, and then to see if your kitab is lacking any of the umrot. Just to show you how serious it is. Let's say you wrote a letter yud. And you were missing the point on the bottom. It's called the Kotso Shorabeno Tam. So even Sephardim, who don't go necessarily going to Rabbeinu Tam, over here they will add that little knech that makes protrusion on the bottom of the left side of the yud. But it says in the Shulchan Aruch that if let's say someone wrote a Sefer Torah, and you have a letter yud there, and you call it Tinok, and he says, well, you say to the kid, what is that? He says, that's a yud. So generally, if a kid's seven years old, can tell you that's what letter it is. Generally, that means it's a, a passable letter. The bottom line is if it's missing that quotes, the entire Sefer Torah's puzzle. And I'll give you one more chidush. 
Let's say you have a beautiful Sefer Torah, but the Sofer was a little absent-minded, and he forgot to say, L'Shem Kedushat Hashem, when he wrote the name of Hashem, that I am sanctifying the holiness of God. As I write this letter, the whole Sefer Torah could be pasul. You know, so, and, and when we talked about eBay, I forgot to bring out that if someone is a mean, and he writes uh, uh, Tefillin, the halacha is it's supposed to be burned, and not even buried. In other words, it's not enough that, that you have a katab. It has to be a katab that came out of somebody who lives by those words. If he doesn't live by those words that he's writing, then that's that's just fake. It's not the real deal. Wow. Rabbi Maimon Oz incites uh, nonstop about the uh, fruits. Very, very interesting. Uh, again, all this is mentioned in the new book the rabbis publishing. Yes, as a matter of fact, the new book, The Living Sefer Torah, is already available on Amazon. Nice. And a paperback version, but if you want it, pictures inside, you, just, you got 470 pages, full color pictures, and um, so oh. gorgeous ones too. And um, if you want, uh, let me email you the PDF and you can forward it to anyone who inquires from Chazak that they want to review over the book. You can send them the PDF, compliment the Torah show. What, what, when is it going to go uh, to the Judaica store? So it's, it's, it usually takes about a three-month turnaround to get the books back from the publisher. So if I'm lucky, Rosh Hashanah should be on your table. Is it Shemus Publishing with Sefer? Oh, that's a very hard question to answer. Rabbi Maimonopoulos. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could say it that way. But I will thank all my sponsors that I, that I went to who, when they heard the words... A Sefer Torah book, they just immediately said, count me in. So I'm Yisrael loves the Torah, and I saw that because I was expecting to get 54 sponsors for the book. But if I do the math, there's probably closer to 300 sponsors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very insightful, a lot of insights about the, the importance of having the holy writings. This is the so fair. It be your mind to have it right, do it right. We have a custom, we have a meaning, it's a final message that you can leave to our brother. Yes. So my final message is that if you are serious about becoming a Sophia, you should anticipate that once you start with three Megillah, and a Megillah, let's say you'll, you'll sell it for, uh, just for argument's sake, $1,600. That's not a lot of money considering how many hours you're going to put into it. But each Megillah you write helps you fine-tune and polish the art, the skill that you need to start writing Mezuzot. Once you finish three Megillot, you can go, go on to Mezuzot. Well, officially, you start the Mezuzot without the Shem Hashem just for practice. Once you feel that you can write it, stay in the line. That's the hardest part is staying in the line. You know, when you're writing, you, say, you, know, you don't realize you always have to stop flush. By a computer, that's very easy. By hand, whoa, that has got to be the trickiest part of being a software. But once you go graduate to that and to be in the Torah, then you can start doing uh, a real part of stuff from it. I have a friend of mine, he just wrote his ninth Sefer Torah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty huge. Uh, during COVID, there became a big demand of Sefer Torah because, um, and, and this is good for the Sofrim. It was bad for all the people that Nabuch lost their life from the from that pandemic. But for all the families that want to dedicate a Sefer Torah to their memory, so Freem became so much more in demand in the past three years that they were literally able to double their, their fees. So in a sense, so Freem, which who were never ever paid normal, are finally getting more reasonable salary, which is nice news for them. 
And um, whenever you buy, um, oh, let's see if I fill it. Don't just take a closed box and say, okay, he looks like a good Hasidic Jew. One second, one second. Uh, would you would you buy something that 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 the difference of your Olam Maba just because he looks like it? Ask him, can I see a photocopy? And if he gives you a photocopy, you could show it to a qualified sofer. Uh, or Mrs. O, I want to see a photocopy. What did, I, what did I just buy? Can I see a photocopy before you roll it up? I want to show. If they're um, honest enough to give you that, then you show it to someone, and then you know at least Hashem, I did my 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 do duty. But if you're just gonna say, listen, give me a drug, just give me a drug. I really, I don't have time. To, I, I, I know this guy here has been sitting here for the past two days, for, for six hours. He's looking for Etrog's guy's majnun. I, me, I just, I, I want Etrog for $30. Walk in, so guess what? The same guy that can't put his kohot in Tamudar Etrog is the same guy that gets that cheap mezuzah. He, te- he tells the software how much he wants to pay. That's not the way you do things. You don't say, hey, I want a cell phone for 80 bucks. No, you don't. You say, what's the best cell phone? $800? Oh, Okay. Give me two. That has to be the attitude. That the Sophia should be Kovea the Mechir. And even if it sounds outrageous, what? $3,000 for Tabilin? $2,000? Just know he's not outrageous. He's actually normal. Outrageous as are all the scam artists out there that are trying to sell things that are holy and they're not. And I'll leave you with one final story. There was a Geniza in Eretz Israel where people, where when there was a mistake in a Mazar Tabilin, they would put it here. You'd say, these are special burial. And there were scam artists that would go in there, take out the pasul stuff, repackage them, and voila, make some parnasa. So just just know that gazel is has been a rampant thing in the world of safrut, and we should be zomchad that only kosher stam products should be in our homes, in our children's homes. And our rabbis say, in the zchut of proper stam, and that zchut enough, Mashiach Tzikenu could come. Shedding light on this topic. Uh, we want to thank you for your time. We want to thank you for all that you do for quality of the Jewish people. Special shout out to all the platforms, uh, podcasts that are holding on to uh, Torah Talks, Dr. Torah Talks. Shout out to Torrentine. Daily giving a dollar a day goes a very far away. We want to thank them as well. The entire staff team, sponsors, board members, everyone involved. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And Bezat Hashem, Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Chadak Torah Dogs with special guests. Thank you once again, Rabbi Maimon Abad. Really appreciate your time. In the, in Thank the- you. We have a pleasant summer, safe and successful. Only at Salah Chazak. <laughs>